Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. My name is Cesar Hernandez. I'm your host for today. And in this week's episode, we're going to dive into Diego Reyes' move to Tigres, Raul Jimenez, El Tráfico, the latest Liga Mekis news, and much more. But let's first kick things off with a big question of the day. How are we feeling about Diego Reyes' move back to Liga Mekis? So we're going to start with Amy Lopez, my only co-host for today. Amy... How are you doing? I feel like I haven't talked to you or seen you in about in like, like 15 hours. We were, t- we were talking about before we started recording. 12 hours. Even, Actually, we were still talking at midnight. So yeah. even yeah. before, even a little bit after midnight, because we were still, you were driving and I was working. So, and then you, yeah. you, want, you wanted to figure out who the, the person, because we recorded a mini episode of the Mexican soccer show last night. And you're like, oh, it'd be really cool if that one person who, who like stopped us, like uh, if we yeah. like tagged him. And then, like I said, I probably should have been, you know, focusing on driving, but I was like sending you screenshots. I was actually really <laughs> concerned about that. I was, was like, fine. "How is he screenshotting? Isn't he supposed to be driving?" This was, was weird. It was fine. I had I had one cup of uh, green tea, so I was uh, wired for you know multiple hours. You know, just one cup of green tea. That's all it takes for me. That's all it takes. <laughs> but Amy, you didn't you didn't give me your answer. So uh, how how are you feeling about Diego Reyes's move to Liga Mekis? Well, I'm going to say Tigres because. Tigres have already posted, yeah. they already posted their social media images of him doing the medical and whatnot. So how sure. are you feeling about it? I mean, I, I, I want to give like a big shrug. I'm not saying like, I don't want to say I don't feel anything. It's almost just like we're seeing this weird pattern of players leaving to Europe and players leaving coming back to Mexico that I think I'm kind of desensitized to like certain players coming back. Like, it's not that shocking to me considering he was all over the place in Europe and, you know, to the point that he was last in Turkey. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say this is better, this is worse. I know some people were like, give him one more chance in the Spanish league or let somebody, a mid-tier Spanish league, take him. Um, so, I don't, I'm just like, if, if obviously Tigres is acquiring him for a reason. They're a very good team. And maybe this will help him at the end of the day, which is what we all focus on anyway, bettering himself for the national team. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think I was really that surprised when I heard the news. Because at first it was either Diegues or America were the two teams that were reportedly interested in him. And obviously it looks like uh, Diegues were able to, to win him over. Um, once again, it's not officially official just yet. They're still doing the medical tests this, um, today. I think they were doing it this morning. But I think once he signs a contract, which is expect, expect to be today, apparently Tigres are scheduled to present him uh, to Tigres fans tonight because they're they're having a classical regio femenil um, tonight. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. So I think the idea is uh, once he passes medical, once he uh, signs a contract, that they're going to present him there during that game. But I feel like for like certain players, it's like yeah, if you couldn't. If you didn't have a, a a good season La Liga, if you didn't have a good season in EPL, maybe you'll have some other clubs looking for you to do well in Italy. Maybe there will be other teams. But I feel like if you, if you can't really pull it off in Turkey, that's just not a good sign. And I know he was only there for a very short amount of time. You know, it's not like he was there for, you know. I like, mean, didn't he spend most of last summer just like hanging out in Mexico anyway? So yeah, I think so. I just, I just feel, yeah, that's what I, I, the only word that comes to mind is like, de- like I'm desensitized. Like, yeah, okay, it's Diego Reyes. Also, Diego Reyes as a player and the feelings that certain people have about him is also incredibly amusing to me. Yes, yeah. 
because like some people like really really don't like him i don't really remember a lot of people a lot of people don't like him and then it it got even funnier because he like ended up scoring in the gold cup so it's just like i don't know he's he's a he's a interesting player to me my dad is kind of like i feel like you know how sometimes they're like you know, like, uh, you know, Mexican soccer, like trolls online. My dad has like instances of that, but like in real life. <laughs> he always like, <laughs> and since like, I don't know, since like, I forget when, because like, he went to Porto in like 2013, 2014. I was like, no, he's, he's like the real deal. He's like the next like great defender that we're going to have. And like, since then, he's just been like giving me such a hard time. He was like, hey, how's your favorite player Diego Reyes doing? And like, now I'm like, no, dad, he's not my favorite player anymore, dad. <laughs> But anyway. <laughs> uh, so but you don't just get the banter from Twitter or from me. You also get oh, it from your dad. See, that's awesome. It is from my dad. But <laughs> but I mean, but going back to Reyes, I mean, it was, I, it, I, mean, I mean, I was making a joke right there. But I think it is interesting to look back in 2013 when he made that move over to Porto. Because I remember when he and Herrera went over to Porto, there was more excitement about Reyes than Herrera. Like, everybody... Everybody knew like the talent that, uh, that Herrera had, and he, they knew he had the potential to be a good player in Europe. But the hype around Reyes was like so much bigger than that of Herrera, and it's it's kind of interesting now. You know, now looking at 2019, you know Hector is now with Atleti Madrid, and now you have Reyes making the move back to Mexico, back with Liga MX. So it is interesting to see the difference in trajectory between the two players as well. Yeah, most definitely. I just, I just can't. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to to really. T- I, and this might sound like bad, but it's hard for me to take Diego Reyes seriously it, to a certain extent. Like I think he said, yeah, I think that um, there was promise for him at one point. Um, I think when he played in Spain, though, I would watch some of the games and I just be like, you know, simple things would happen where I could kind of see the people that really, really didn't like him be validated, but. I go back to my original standpoint. I think Diegues getting him says a lot. Um, And I think that maybe he'll have a positive performance with them if he he does the right things. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with him with the Mexican national team too because it just, it feels like we've been so patient with him for so long. And still after all these years, and he's got to, I mean, he's been playing with Mexico since the, the senior side since 2011. He has 60 plus caps. You know, this is a guy who, at this point in his career, should be a guaranteed starter. But now, I think it'd be—it's really difficult to see him as a guaranteed member of the starting eleven. Is he? Is he a member of Mexico's uh, national team squad? Of course. Some would argue no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it depends on his injuries, right? But, uh, but I think that, but I, I think he's—he's he's still worthy of being part of the roster. But at the same time, like. He's 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 26. I'd be turning 27, you know, pretty soon. I, I think later on this year he's be turning 27. You know, this is a guy who did quite well in the uh, in the Olympics and back in 2012. This is a guy who made that move over to Europe, who has so much so much experience with the national team, and yet there are no guarantees that he's a starting option. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this will be good for him. Sometimes players like these do need a change of pace. And yeah, like you were saying earlier, you know, maybe if a certain player of uh, the caliber of let's say Jonathan Dos Santos when he was at Villarreal him making the move back to to North America yeah that's 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 disappointing but someone like Reyes you know it's not it's really it's really not that big of a surprise you know so yeah any any other final thoughts on Reyes before we uh, continue with the show 
I, I, I just thought of this. I don't know why it, it wasn't the first thing that popped in my head. Like, Riaz was, is also a gold medal winner. So it's also yeah. kind of crazy to see people. Like I said, it's just incredibly amusing. And, it, and like, the, like, one of the things that I keep thinking is, obviously, I do stuff for Footmax Nation. And I remember he was actually messing with the mic that I was supposed to be using. And, like, it was messing up the sound on my camera. So I literally had to tell him, like, Diego, please stop touching the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that just came to I'm, I, like he's just a funny player to me. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move. On. Let's talk about El Tráfico. But we don't have to go too in depth on El Tráfico since we had a mini episode last night. But a quick little rundown: uh, it was LAFC three, Galaxy three. Highly entertaining match. I had a I had a blast, and of course, it was pretty cool to see like Amy and Tom there at the 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 Bank of California Stadium. Although you say, Amy, you said that some Galaxy fans like to jokingly call it the stank. <laughs> it's the so stank. dumb. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not... It's because uh, both of them have, There's uh, there are some funny things that both of them have um, that are, like, not that funny, but to me, I just find it kind of humorous. So, like, the Velociraptor thing that we saw yesterday, that is hilarious. And then, of course, yeah, uh, I guess LA Galaxy fans call the Bank of California Stadium the stank, but they spell it like bank, so they spell it S-T-A-N-C. I don't know. Just little things make me laugh, guys. It's just what it is. And that wraps up our thoughts on El Tráfico. Let's move on to Raul Jiménez. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we don't want to. I guess we don't want to go too in depth on this, just because if you if you do want to hear our thoughts, uh, we did record a mini episode last night with Tom uh, talking about El Tráfico. But Amy, any other any other thoughts? You know, you know, since you know, since last night about El Tráfico. I mean, because I guess the only thing I can say is I've been trying to see anything regarding Vela's injury, and it doesn't look yeah, like I've seen here. anything just yet. So don't know anything about Carlos Vela's injury from yesterday. No, and I mean, technically, we don't really know anything about Jonah's injury either, which wasn't as alarming, so to speak, because yeah. he ended up playing the rest of the match. But it is kind of alarming, because just like we touched on um, on the pod, if you guys want to take a listen, like Seth have said, Jonah is probably going to be called up with the roster that's going to be doing the friendlies next week. So him being injured would kind of suck. Um, and for Vela, I mean, he, he's not part of the national team, and I know there's some people that disregard him because of that fact, but he is on an incredible run right now that to see him potentially lose out on playing time given that run would also be unfortunate. But he also, he needed to get out. And I, we say that, we said that yesterday too. I know he was very, very angry about the fact that he was subbed out, but it, it deemed necessary. Yeah, so really quickly for those who missed it. So basically what happened in the second half was that Vela got the equalizer. Uh, he made it 3-3 three to three, uh, for LAFC against uh, the Galaxy. And then I want to say about eight minutes later, uh, he was substituted out uh, by LAFC coach uh, Bob Bradley. And you could tell that Vela was just furious. You know, he threw down his captain's armband. You could, you could, he was yelling at Bradley. Bradley had, had like a short conversation, and Vela still looked like bothered. Then he went over to the bench and he actually punched uh like the chair that he was sitting in uh but then uh bradley said that he that he tweaked his hamstring uh and that they don't know the severity of the injury they don't know whether it's if it's something that's quite serious or if it's something that's just uh, maybe just a little bit of like a tweak and he'll be fine but uh something to keep an eye on just because the significance of vela uh, for the lafc team uh especially at this crucial point this, i mean you're just talking about it right now the run that he's been having too uh, so it, I think a lot of LAFC fans are going to keep their fingers crossed that he's going to be healthy before end of the season, or, that, or that hopefully he's going to be ready for the playoffs. So I imagine he's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm no doctor. I have no idea, you know, how long he'll be out for, you know, with that hamstring injury. But 
Uh, yeah, nothing just yet about uh, the details and severity of his injury. Yeah, but overall, I mean, it was an exciting game. It was um, fun. As another promo to what Cesar is saying about that mini pod, we actually had a fan that recognized us in the middle of it. So that was kind of cool. Um, lied to Cesar and said he was a role model. So, you know, just a bunch of fun <laughs> stuff is on that recording. So I definitely recommend listening to that for a more immediate and I guess in a way thorough um, examination of the of that match. I should like... I should like clip that out and show it to my parents and be like, see, like they're like, like someone, someone says like I'm their role model. And then they'll probably, they'll probably ask me like what I'm doing with my, my degree in psychology. And then I'll just kind of start to like break down and cry a little bit. But anywho, uh, I thought, so it's actually, it was uh, Edwin uh, Aguilar uh, who, who stopped us and chatted with us. So he was uh, at Aguilar underscore football. So shout out to, to Edwin to saying hi to us. And also for basically like, I mean, he had no idea he was going to be part of the podcast. Like, we, he basically said... He held said, his own. Edwin held his own. Yeah. No, so shout out to you, Edwin. Well, good job. Good job, man. Uh, all right, Amy, let's move on to Raul Jimenez. He scored the equalizer for Wolves. So Wolves were losing one nothing to Burnley in the EPL weekend before Jimenez was fouled in the box during injury time. Jimenez looked super confident, super composed, stepped up and uh, scored the equalizer off a penalty in the 97th minute. I mean that's good to see, right, Amy? Because I feel like he was he was scoring a bunch of goals in Europa League, but I feel like uh, our dude Jimenez he needed a he he needs to find a few more goals in the EPL. Yeah, and I think especially um, even if they haven't, I mean Wolves have yet to to win a match in the EPL. They now have three three draws, but disregarding that, it's it's really great to see him wanting feeling confident to take that BK converting that PK and having the fans cheer for him. And of course, like I said last time, having like media, like Wolves, you know, beat writers just getting excited about this player, you know, because it's long overdue for someone like him to have this moment and have this recognition as a Mexican abroad. Um, So it's great. Um, I will say, though, that given that he's scoring his first goal in the EPL, I think a lot of credit has to be given to him and the rest of the team for how well they're doing in the Europa League qualifiers. I think it's just the dominance hasn't quite yet permeated itself into the English Premier League, but you see that result against Man United. You saw them last season against those top English teams. So I I know it's early, but I feel like they're going to have that kind of run um, this season as well. Amy? Huh. Yeah, let's say okay. So let's say it's Wolves against Arsenal. Why? Why? No. Okay, so it's Wolves versus no. Arsenal. No. Uh, it's 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 one to one. Jimenez. Can we, can we uh, cut his mic, please? Can we cut his mic? Jimenez steps up to take the penalty. Do you want him to score or do you want him to miss? Don't ask me these questions, Cesar. These are just <laughs> hard questions to to answer. Okay, look. The last last time that they faced off against each other, it kind of worked in the way that I wanted it to. Mm. Arsenal got completely demolished by Wolves, but Raul did not score a single goal, and everybody came after me on Twitter because of that fact. I can accept it. I can accept Raul not scoring against Arsenal. So my my question is, um, he scores, but VAR says no. Does that wow. count? Wow. I, I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess technically, according to VAR, it wouldn't count. Now we're getting into philosophical questions. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you ask these kind of questions. So okay, so. okay. Well, well, back to Raul. I thought what was actually kind of interesting was um, after the game, uh, they asked him about, about the match, about the penalty. And I thought an interesting quote from him 
about the pressure of taking that penalty in such a tense situation. Because if you watch the highlights, I mean, it definitely looked like it was pretty intense in that stadium for for Raul to step up, take this penalty. But he said, I have taken penalties in finals. I have experience. I have to be calm. So I thought that was kind of cool just to see like the composure of Jimenez, like not like discussing that, but just like when he was on the field uh, to take that penalty. So shout out to him. And of course, we all know, I think all all Mexico fans uh, know plenty about uh, about how well Jimenez does when it, uh, when it comes to his penalties. And uh, but yeah, and if we're counting uh, Europa League qualifiers, that's now his sixth goal, uh, sixth goal in all competitions uh, for Wolves this season. That's what I'm saying, you know, like, yeah, okay, it's not necessarily, if we're going to do that comparison about him and Chicharito, who's going to have the most goals this season, given that technically they're level right now with Chicharito having scored first, I don't think we're giving Raul or Wolves the credit they deserve by not looking at the picture more broadly, because, yeah, they're having a fantastic run in Europa League. I also double-checked this, and Arsenal and Wolves don't face each other until November 2nd, so I'd like to formally request that this question never be answered to me until early Christmas early Christmas present right there that's gonna be fantastic actually should it's we, like it's like should 10 we have days a, before my mom's birthday so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that should we have a watch party in LA or is there like an LA Gooners yes like, there is they're called Arsenal Los Angeles and I totally want to go one of these days because they have like a place that they go watch the matches so, if you can, we can invite all the Mexican soccer show listeners to go, uh... <laughs> so, they, so that they could potentially laugh at me as Wolves starts beating Arsenal, and I'm just sitting there by myself in my <laughs> Arsenal jersey, <laughs> while all the other Mexican fans are cheering. I'm just sitting there like, no, Rebel, why? <laughs> all right, uh, I think uh, I think that's enough on, on Jimenez now. Before I keep trying to like make fun of Amy there. When, and this could potentially go up against Arsenal. Uh, but let's look over at La Liga. Uh, not good to see. Uh, Barcelona got a 5-2 win over Real Betis. Uh, Guardado was given the start. Linus came off the bench for Real Betis. But, uh, I mean, Barcelona just completely dominated the match, dominated possession. I think Guardado, I was looking at the stats, he only had like connected like nine passes in the game, which is so unlike him. You know, I think this is less about Guardado and more so about Barcelona. And more so about Guardado still trying to find his, you know, his, you know, his early season rhythms as he recently came back to the team. And it looked Linus could really do much uh, off the bench, uh, so that wasn't good to see. But I imagine going forward, I mean, I still think that Real Betis is a fairly good squad, and that they'll, I'm sure they'll work their way back up the table. Um, should we talk? Uh, should we talk about Chucky? It's officially official now, Amy. God, I mean, we said we last last podcast we said it looks like it's gonna be official, but now it's officially official. He's he's in Napoli. Thank the universe. Uh, Adriana and I actually talked about this on the Hour of Football pod. I feel like just another thing. It's so desensitized. Like, it just dragged on for so long that I'm just like, okay, cool. When does he play? Like, (laughs) that's where I... But I will say, though, given that now that he's there and it's official, it's like, okay, cool. They had... Napoli had an exciting match against Fiorentina this past weekend. And Chucky might be available for the match against Juventus, obviously it's Juventus. Chucky is notoriously famous for scoring in his debut, so that is actually a pretty exciting thing to look forward to. Yeah, uh, I was. It was actually kind of uh, is interesting. I was watching this. Uh, there's this YouTube series, and I think it's, it's really, really good. It's called Tifo Football, and they do fantastic videos about like uh, world soccer and about tactics and whatnot. And it was a video. It's a, it's a little old. I want to say it was from like early this year. So it wasn't like it came out over the summer. I think it came out like in January, February. But anyway, anywho, they have one on Napoli. And basically what Ancelotti 
ha- has been doing with the team or what he was doing with the team at that point. And it was interesting to see that they're basically saying that Ancelotti likes to work in a 4-4-2 formation, but that he also likes to rotate players. So I, I think that's kind of promising that if he does actually want to rotate players, maybe that's a good sign for Chucky. And maybe that means he will actually get some minutes for like fairly early on with this side. Uh, because, you know, Ancelotti might, even though he recognized that Chucky's a new player, he might want to give him a go just for the sake of rotating his players. And it was interesting, too, because I was listening to uh, this Napoli podcast uh, in which they were talking about Chucky, and they were saying that it'd be ideal for Chucky to play uh, as a right midfielder, you know, in that 4-4-2, and that he could potentially start as a backup to Jose Callejon, um, and that he's kind of an aging option who's now in his 30s, and that maybe Chucky could eventually take over. So it's be interesting to see what happens uh, going forward this season. But, I mean, I guess... In the short term, it might take a while for Chucky to get, you know, regular minutes on that right wing because uh, Callejon he got a goal and assist over the weekend for Napoli in their four to three win. So it might take some time for Chucky to to get some minutes over there in Italy. Yeah, it's a good problem to have though. It creates that competition. I mean, we're I don't know we're going to touch a little bit on Chicharito too. You know, um, it it just creates that sort of necessary um, motivation that I think certain, we're looking for in certain players that are abroad, especially for Chucky being the player that he is and them showing the interest that they had in him to obviously come to the team. It just creates that that necessity for him to just show that extra um, valuable contribution that he can make to the team. So I, I, I can see that. I hope it doesn't turn into a problem because it seems to be a problem for... for for someone in La Liga, Hector Herrera. But, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to hopefully he, we see some minutes from him against Juventus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy, what else stood out to you from the from uh, the weekend for the for the Mexicans in Europe? Because I know we could talk about, like, Chicharito and West Ham or maybe Porto getting the big win over Benfica. I mean, what else? Because uh, I think I think we covered some of the bigger uh, stories there. I know Celta Vigo got a one nothing win. And I'm pretty sure that uh, in that Celta Vigo win... Uh, that Araujo played the full 90 minutes. But what, what else stood out to you? I mean, just the fact that, uh, you know, they said that Chicharito had slight bloating in his knee. So, you know, but he should be healthy within a matter of days. This was be- right, this was before that match um, that they had against Watford. So he, I am assuming he should be okay at this point. Bloating um, in his knee? That's what I, I maybe I translated it, it, it wrong. Ma- it makes it, it makes it sound like his like his knee has gas. It's just <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I'm I'm terrible at my Spanish sometimes, but that's what it looked like when I was reading it. But anyway, it seemed like some odd, you know, knee discomfort or something like that. So he wasn't part of the squad against Watford. So we had just been talking. I think Cesar, you actually talked about it maybe a week ago or two weeks ago about Sebastian Howler. Who got who got two goals? He yeah. got two goals. You know, and just like we're talking about about this positive problem to have, I think that also kind of creates this kind of. I want to say friendly competition amongst teammates because then, you know, um, you kind of have a problem with you have really two really good players that are ob- obviously finishing their opportunities. And it's just a matter of how Chicharito responds to that when he gets the chance. So I thought it was an, I thought it was an interesting talking point to get out of this weekend. And um, another one, I guess, for me is, you know, maybe it's because I just don't want to be wrong with Wieso. But Hector Herrera, you know, still no... Still no minutes with Atletico. It's it's gonna take time. I think I think it is. No, yeah, I, it is. Yeah. I think because of the caliber of that team, the caliber of those players, like in that midfield, I'm okay with being patient. I and I trust in the 
and at the capacity of uh, Herrera's uh, capabilities and his the capacity of his capabilities. Did I just say that? Whatever. He's good, and he's gonna eventually get minutes <laughs> in the future. That's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the handshake all over again. Oh it's god, just, no. It's just more no, stuff no, that no. I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's I think these are good problems to have. You know, Herrera yeah. didn't I, I stand by what I said just like you. Herrera didn't go to all this trouble to be with the team yeah, exactly. and not know what he was getting himself into. And he is. He's in a particular position where now he really has to prove himself. And I think he's up to the challenge to be able to do that. No, agreed, agreed. So I, I do expect him to eventually be getting minutes uh, with uh, in this La Liga season. But uh, yeah, so West Ham, they got that 3-1 to one win over Watford. Chicharito wasn't included. Uh, let's see, uh, looking over in Portugal, Porto got a 2 nothing win over Benfica. That's definitely a huge, huge match over in Portugal, and especially very important for, for Porto because this is an away win over Benfica because results like this can really define... You know whether uh, one of the, uh, whether Benfica or Porto are going to win the Portuguese title. So that's a huge, huge win for them. Uh, Tecatito uh, was given the start. He played the full ninety minutes uh, once again, playing as a right back. But uh, when you're in, when you're in Portugal, uh, when you're and you're in a team like Porto, you know sometimes when you dominate possession, sometimes uh, when you have more, you know attacking opportunities in other sides you can afford to have someone like a like Tecatito as a right back uh, let's see where else uh yeah uh Araujo, he uh played the full 90 minutes for Celta Vigo and their one nothing win over Valencia um another interesting story to keep an eye on I mean it's nothing too exciting just yet just because it is Belgium and I mean it's just it's the Belgian first division it isn't you know world-class soccer you know but at the same time uh Omar Govea He's uh he's playing uh I think week in week out as a starter, uh for his side which I mean I mean forgive me for the pronunciation but I would assume it's Zolt Waregem or Zolt Borgem. Honestly, I have no idea how you pronounce it. Apologies for the pronunciation, but it is still pretty cool that not only is he starting in all of their matches but he's also wearing the number ten uh for this Belgian side so, so something to keep an eye on just because you know there's so many. There's so many ups and downs with that guy, but I'm just I'm just happy to be seeing him as a starter um, over uh, over in Belgium. Another uh, interesting point to make from this weekend: um, not necessarily a Mexican abroad, but a L3N contributor abroad, Jason Marquez, decided to reemerge from the darkness to point yeah. out the fact that Mo Salah was just dominating against Arsenal this past weekend. So, Jason, I miss you, but that was unnecessary. I mean, any time we can get a, a Jason Markowitz like reference, I'm down for that. <laughs> no, most definitely, I do too. I miss him wholeheartedly. But did he really need to do that? It just it hurt my heart and also warmed my heart at the same time. Last time he visited San Diego, like he got a growler, like filled with some local beer, and then we like split it, and then he just like left it here at my house. I was like, oh, you forgot your growler. He's like, no, that's for you. And I was like, oh my God, this guy just gave me a free growler. This guy's so so incredibly nice. I don't know. Jason, Jason's a good guy. I miss that guy. Jason, we miss you. Have we fun. We miss you, Jason. So, I mean, some listeners might be confused, but Jason used to be a part of the pod. This isn't some random guy. Jason Marquitz <laughs> was yeah. the hardest working the Mexican soccer show member he was, he was for a long back, time. He was the backbone of the show. He was most definitely the backbone. It's All hard right. to fill his shoes sometimes. Yeah, so, I mean, so that kind of makes sense because so Jason's now abroad. We're talking about you know you know members. Uh, is he Mexican? He's honor. He's an honorary. He's an honorary Mexican. Mexican like Tom. 
Yeah, there you go. He's honorary Mexican. But speaking and continuing on the talk on the Mexicans abroad, uh, I think one thing to wrap up on the the conversation is a quick little reminder on the UEFA Champions League and Europa League group stage uh, spots that are up for grabs. So they could be secured this week for PSV, for Wolves, and also for Ajax. Remember, it's a, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a busy schedule for some of those sides, especially someone like uh, Wolves who. It feels like they've already played like six games or something. But anywho, so on Wednesday, uh, Ajax, they're going up uh, against uh, Applewell. Um, so it's right now a 0-0 uh, from the first leg. So Ajax, I would say, have the slight advantage uh, hosting the second leg, even though they couldn't score in the first leg. But if they can find a way past uh, Applewell, then they will qualify for the Champions League group stage. And then we have PSV who definitely have a commanding uh, 3 nothing advantage over uh, Apollon Limassol. Once again, I, have, I apologize for my pronunciation. Unless if you want to take over, Amy, try to pronounce it. Actually, no, I, no, I I'm enjoying this. Go oh ahead. So, so hard. <laughs> uh, so, so PSV, uh, so they have they had a 3 nothing advantage after getting a, a win in the first leg at home. So they'll be... Uh, the second leg for uh, will be on Thursday, um, and the winner of that series uh, will be going to the Europa League group stage. And then we have Wolves and Jimenez. Uh, that was actually kind of an entertaining uh, match. I watched some highlights from the first leg, but Wolves got a 3-2 win over Torino uh, in the first leg. Uh, so now Wolves will be hosting the second leg um, this Thursday. And uh, yeah, they have a slight 3-2 advantage uh, and the winner of that goes to the Europa League group stage. So fingers crossed that hopefully we'll see Ajax in the, the Champions League group stage, PSV in the Europa League group stage, and uh, Wolves in the Europa League group stage. And there's also, um, as a Porto already have a spot, I think, guaranteed in the Europa League group stage. So hopefully Ajax go through, because it's, it's always good to see you know Mexicans in the Champions League, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it seems like Porto was like the only side that was really like keeping the Mexicans relevant in the Champions League for, for a few years now. But uh, now that they're not there, Ajax might be the only team there in the group stage. Just assuming they qualify uh, if they get a, if they go through uh, this week. Yeah, and just bouncing off of what you said about how Raul's Wolves had... Raul. Raul's. That's what I was trying to say. That's when my brain tried to turn Raul and Wolves into one word. Uh, but given what you said about Wolves having like numerous games, like just these last couple of weeks. I think that goes into what you said a, a few days ago about uh, Raul's like fitness and touch, just like getting that much better or looking yeah. that much better recently. His like, dribbling is better. Yeah, I mean, pra- I mean, more practice obviously improves theoretically. And I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think that his, I think that run against Man United that everybody was highlighting was just a key point in how much he's improved so much in so little time. That I said last week, I think Wolves having so many games is another good problem to have. And I think you're going to see that going into the second leg against Torino. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to catching those matches. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, um, you know, that they do quite well. And it's sometimes it's tough to keep track of these things just because there's so much soccer out there, you know? Like, there's we've got midweek. I mean, we're going to talk about League of Mackeys in just a second. We have, like... We have like midweek, like Liga Mekis matches this week. And then you try to keep track of the stuff that's going on in Europe, like over the weekend. And I mean, like, like for example, like yesterday, we we're like watching some MLS. And now we're going to have, 
you know, I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy sometimes just trying to keep track of all the soccer. But yeah, but there are very, very important games for the Mexicans abroad uh, this week. All right, Amy, okay. let's let's switch gears. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Liga Mekis here to to wrap up the show. So uh, for you, what what stood out to you this weekend uh, from the I shouldn't say this weekend, but from the most recent Liga Mekis weekend? Veracruz still not getting a win. It's yeah. like, you know, let's just go. I, I love saying this full circle thing, but let's just go full circle. Like, it's like LA Galaxy continuously beating LAFC. Like, it, or yeah. like LAFC being so good and they still can't get the win. It's just one of those things that you're unsure of. You want it to finally end or you enjoy it a little bit because it keeps going. Like, that's where I was this weekend <laughs> for this match against for Veracruz. Because if there was any game they could possibly win, this was supposed to be it, and it yeah. came at the perfect time because it was it was an, you know it was a few days off of their whole, like year record of not being able to win a game. So you're like, okay, I want them to kind of win, but I also kind of don't want them to win, and it's just it's so unfortunate to have have that happen. I mean, obviously VAR was a huge part of this weekend, but oh God, like this, you don't know how to feel for Veracruz. You really don't. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the fans, but for the team it's, itself, I mean, it's not, it's not exactly the best run Liga Mekis side, you know. So maybe it, so it shouldn't come as much of a surprise to be seeing just ca- catastrophic failures like this. But yeah, like you said, like if they couldn't get that win against San Luis, then uh, I mean, it's just it's just not going to be good for them going forward. And you feel bad for, especially for like a young player, like a young goalkeeper, like Sebastian Jurado. You know, and that, you know, obviously he's a talented kid, obviously. I mean, actually had a few saves uh, in that game. I was watching highlights. You know, he did actually have like some decent amount of saves in there. They feel bad for that guy. Just like the amount of pressure and the amount of like, <laughs> I don't know, the amount of like shots he has to deal with week in and week out. But uh, I mean, you imagine someone like that. He's eventually going to make the move to a bigger club. But, uh, but yeah, Veracruz. Uh, how many how many uh, games? Is it 32? Is it 33? All I know is that it's now officially been a year uh, over a year now uh, since their last Liga Mekis win. Copa Mekis, obviously, that's different, but their last Liga Mekis win hasn't shown up uh, and now officially over a year. So that's definitely not good. Um, I think if we're looking at uh, uh, other Friday night games, we have to uh, give a shout out to Santos for getting a 2-1 to win over Monterrey. I mean, yeah. especially since uh, Santos went up 2 nothing within the first like few minutes of the match. So once, and this helped them actually like move back up to first place. So, I don't know, I think it's pretty impressive when you consider that, I mean, when you look at the roster and you look at their starting 11, it's not at the same level. I mean, it's not the same level as the team that they were playing. You know, man for man, Monterrey was a much better side, but Santos made a, uh, you know, found a way to make it work. So, I think you got to give a lot of credit to them. You got to give a lot of credit to Julio Furch and Eric Castillo, who scored the goals. Especially someone like Eric Castillo, who wasn't really impressive when he was in Tijuana. I, I thought... All he really had was pace and nothing more else to his game. But I mean, shout out to him for basically be becoming immediately becoming a, a key player for Santos. You uh, said Morelia got a two nothing win over Pumas, and then I think another uh, result that stood out to me was Leon getting a four nothing win over Querétaro. Because guess what? I mean, I I think I mentioned it on the pod, but I, even though Querétaro when they're in first place, I still wasn't really convinced by them. I still felt like. I don't know. There was just something about them that wasn't exactly impressive to me. The fact that their opposition wasn't exactly that strong, that they got the wins over. The fact that most of their opposition also got reds in the games that they were getting wins over. I feel like there's still something 
off about that. I feel like something that's just like didn't look that impressive. And I mean, Leon really highlighted, <laughs> you know, you know, there's some of their weaknesses there with a, a four nothing uh, away win for for Leon. So so shout out to them uh, for uh, for getting that win. Shout out to Luis Montes had a pretty good game. Jose Juan Macias who got a couple goals. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was a uh, pretty impressive from Leon. Um, Cruz Azul got a one to one draw with Puebla. Uh, Pachuca got a, a three to one win over Atlas. Uh, he got some, got a goal there from uh, another goal from from Burrito Hernandez. Seems like uh, now he's been uh, find the back net a little bit more often. And then we got a, we saw a one to one draw between uh, Tigres uh, and America. Amy, your, your thought your thoughts on this match was obviously like the big Liga Mekis match of the weekend. Yeah, uh, the, the one of the things that I so I saw part of this match. Where I was watching it back and forth because I was actually at a uh, friend's Mexican party, but I was like with I was like, hey, can I watch the Mexico the America game on your TV? So they were like, yeah, super cool. I was like, okay, cool. But I also had to take care of my kids. But um, I Ochoa obviously debuted huge news. Yeah. Obviously, I just there was just something about, and I get it as as media as you know, content, whatever you want to call it. The fact that he got scored on first, I felt like it was, like, too sensationalized because it's like, yeah. I mean, yes, he's a goal again. Yes, he's an impeccable player, but it's not like he's... It's not like that goal was super easy to block, you know? Like, it was an impressive goal from Tigres early on in yeah. the game. Um, but I will say from America's side, uh, great for Cordova to get a goal. I think he's had really good moments this season. Um, and for him to get that goal to tie it and you know get America the point was huge. Um, I just also think that it kind of showed you know this unevenness between both teams that you know yeah. neither one was able to get the victory. Yeah, no, great. I was actually I was watching that game with uh, with Tom uh, Saturday night. We were trying to figure out a spot. To, oh, your date? Oh yeah, yeah, my 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 date night with Tom Marshall. Actually, so what happened was. Uh, there is a woman, so I was like that. So the, who was like going around taking promotional photos of the restaurant, and then she asked if we wanted a photo. So we definitely took a photo together. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful photo, by the way. Yeah, I put it. I put it up on Instagram actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty funny. But no, it was uh, it was pretty cool hanging out with him and uh, and uh, watching the game. I thought I was pretty impressed by Quinones, uh over from from Tigres. But of course, like you said, I mean the big story was Ochoa. Uh, getting the start there uh, for America. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can make an argument for either side, whether he could have done a better job on the goal. But, I mean, still pretty cool to see uh, Ochoa, uh, you know, in net for America because it's a little, I don't know, it, it's, 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 it's going to take me some uh, some getting used to uh, seeing Ochoa back in that America jersey. Obviously, like, I mean, he um, when he went to Europe, he played, you know, he played for America beforehand, before going to Europe. But it's just there's something just slightly off about it seeing him in that America jersey once again. I know it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's also it's also weird to think like he's going up against like Liga MX teams. Like obviously he's back in the Liga MX league. But it was I thought the same thing. Like when they were posting pictures or like videos, I think the, like Tigres, you know, I Tigres does a really good job with their social media accounts, both men, women and men. So they have like you know like from the field angles. Um, I think they're actually shot with the cat with the phone or something, or at least they look like it. But they're still very well done. And you just see Ochoa in the goal. And while I was watching that, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, of course he's in goal in the Liga <laughs> MX game." Like, yeah, I agree. It's very, it's very, very odd to see him in a jersey. 
Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, Toluca got a two nothing win over Cholos. It was a it was a Cholos side that went down to ten men after Camilo Sanveso uh, got a red in sixtieth minute. Uh, Cholos scored an own goal earlier in the match. Uh, not exactly a good result for Tijuana, uh, but much needed win for Toluca. That was their their first of the season. Even though they got that win, they're still in sixteenth place. So yeah, that was a much needed. Uh, Three points for them, and then the weekend wrapped up with a pretty disappointing uh, two to one loss for Chivas against Necaxa. I believe, I think it was uh, Esto. So that's the the Mexican sports newspaper. Uh, today's edition it had a big picture of Oribe Peralta, and the caption just said "horrible" <laughs> in, in front of him. So I think that kind of indicates a lot about how people feeling about Chivas right now. That was their, I mean. It, they, they they had an, they had an okay start to the season. I mean, yeah, they they had get they they got that big win over Tigres. They tied Puebla. They got that big win over San Luis. But since then, uh, there was that forty three loss to Leon. Now they got that loss to Negaxa. I feel like they're like one or two losses away uh, from Tomas Boy being fired. Because yeah, I mean, but is he that that was going to be my question to you right now? Like. It, uh, is he really going to leave? I, I feel like, I mean, it's my favorite question to ask Adriana, like every Friday. Is, do you really think he's leaving? I don't see it happening. I really don't. I think right now, I think a lot of Chivas fans are just wishing for any, like, is it because you don't think there's like a, a worthwhile replacement? Because I think at this point, I, I think. I think it's more I, I think of, you, I think it's more of like a really open-ended question. Like, okay, not so much the replacement, but where is the direction going to go here? Like as yeah. a whole, like what, like what we've been saying, like what exactly is the end game here? Do you have a long-term vision? It doesn't feel like they do. Whereas, whereas you're going to keep having, like you said, Oliva starting, Tomas kind of taking charge of the team, but not really. I mean, they were kind of in this enjoyable moment where they weren't doing as bad as people thought they were, but then you get a, Get, you get a you know you get a result like this against Nakaxa that you're thinking okay yeah you get rid of Tomas Boy but then what happens? Yeah, I mean at the very least, I mean maybe the next manager would at least give Alexis Vega a start. I don't, I don't it, it feels like I'm just repeating myself week in and week out sometimes with them because I feel like it's the same thing. I'm like Oribe didn't do much. Why isn't Vega starting? I don't really trust Tomas Boy. Like it's just I don't know, like a. Uh, defensively they could be much better I, I don't know I, I feel like I feel like I'm repeating myself like week in and week out when it comes to talking about Chivas but I know we'll, we'll see what happens with them going forward but just uh I mean peace of mind for Chivas fans they have a bye week this week or like you know they have a bye week to to in the middle of the week so they won't win and they won't lose does either. that does that count it's a bye midweek so it's like nothing really happened if a tree fall oh we sh- that is a good philosophical question if your team has a bye week during midweek, does it even exist? <laughs> All I know is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna close things out the the Chivas Nekaxa conversation to say that uh Oribe Peralta um after what he's he's been involved in all all six games yeah I think he's been involved in all six games he started in five uh, in that match uh, against Nekaxa he collected his first shot on target uh, this season so. Uh, that was his first shot on target. <laughs> trust the process. I guess so. I, I don't know, but do I trust someone that that's older than me and who's a who's a striker for for Chivas? <laughs> but uh, Amy, I think that uh, I think that about wraps things up. We we talked about Diego Reyes, talked about El Tráfico a little We've bit. We've talked a lot this weekend, so aside. We have, for better have... or worse. Are you tired of me yet? I might just be a little bit tired of you. 
Yeah, that's okay. Does that mean we should end the pod now? It's just like right now, just let, let's let's just let's just like leave it like this. Just being like, you know what? I think like you saying like I think I'm tired of Sessad, and then you just like never come back to the pod ever again. Oh, that's not true. I'll, I'll probably come back a little bit later. I actually like the fact that we've gotten this chance to work together so many times, but I'm also sick of you, so I'm conflicted. But it is what you it know, is. Well, luckily for you, it's the end of the podcast. You don't have to deal with me much longer. So thank you to I'll you, Amy. I'll probably send you a message later, to be honest, but you know, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Tessa, what should the title of this episode be? Like, I, mean, I thought you said you weren't talking with me. All right. Oh, right. <laughs> All right, so thank you, Avi. Uh, thank you to the listeners. Uh, thank you to those people who are che- who have been checking out the the mini podcast. I think I'm I'm probably I was I was chatting with Tom yesterday about it. Like Tom's like definitely like pretty eager to record more more of those mini episodes. So I think and he kind of convinced me to record one this week because I'll be checking out Sholos Crucisul yeah uh, this Wednesday. So I think I'll probably record something after the match, um, which will be over here in Tijuana. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully you guys are enjoying those. Like, as I've mentioned numerous times before, like if you guys are enjoying them, or if you want us to talk about other topics or whatnot, I mean, maybe it'd be a good time for us to explore and, uh, you know, uh, those topics during those mini podcasts. Cause I, th- I think they're, they're definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll definitely say as like the producer, the person that's sometimes in charge of uploading them, it is very, very fun for me. And I hope for the, for the listeners too to kind of just get those like immediate reactions from you guys. Like I actually do really enjoy the background noise, like of you guys leaving the stadium and, you know, um, sometimes fans are still cheering depending on what stadium you guys are in. So it's very organic and you guys are, you guys are basically like talking to us as, as fans or as listeners. So I, I think they're really great. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, like as I've said, go ahead and tweet at us if you really want to with the Mexican soccer show handle and just give us ideas of what else we could do with those, you know, audio. That's, that's really one of the great things that we, that we did switching to audio is that it gives us more flexibility to be able to give you guys more material. And it's also great when some of us step in puddles while we're recording those little podcasts. <laughs> that was and almost Tom, say a bad word. Tom Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we've uh, made fun of Tom Marshall, I, I think we can say that the episode's now <laughs> over. So thanks, Amy. Thanks again to the listeners. And uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you on the next edition of uh, the Mexican Soccer Show. See you guys around. Bye.